Biden is getting sued by 12 states over his climate emergency crisis. Whitmer could face criminal charges over the COVID-19 deaths. And Trump vows no more money for rhinos and instead encourages people to donate to his PAC. We'll get into all this and more. But before we get into this, please drop this video a like right now. Share and subscribe. It's the only way we can grow. We're being censored by big tech and social media. Also, there might be ads running in this video. If there are, please bear with me to help and fund and support the show. Let's get into this. So Biden got sued by 12 states over climate executive order. In quotes, enormous expansion of federal regulation power. The lawsuit urges that Biden does not have the authority to set a, uh, set a social cost for greenhouse gases. Now, comment below uh, if you agree with a lawsuit against the Biden administration for these climate executive orders. Also, don't forget to drop this video a like and subscribe for new videos every single day. So we obviously need more states to join in on something like this. I'm surprised it's only 12, but I'm assuming the 12 out of those 12 is probably going to be included in there is probably Florida and Texas. So let's read. A coalition of 12 states is suing President uh, Biden's administration of the climate executive orders that they claim has the potential to have serious economic impact across the country throughout the expansion of the federal regulatory like, regulatory power. As we're seeing is that we're already seeing what Biden is doing is already having economic consequences around the entire nation. We're just watching right now as gas prices are already starting to surge. The suit, which is led by Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, uh, was filed on Monday. State attorney generals from Arkansas, Arizona, Indiana, Kansas, Montana, Nebraska, Iowa, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Utah also joined the action. So Florida and Texas is not included in this. What is that? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. I think it's only showing 11 unless my counting is off. But, I mean, they probably will end up joining, so let's just be real. It alleges that Biden's executive order 13990 titled Protecting Public Health and the Environment and Restoring Science to Tackle the Climate Crisis does not have an authority to the binding numbers for the social cost of greenhouse gases to be used in federal regulations. The, the breakdown of the social cost shows $269 billion for carbon dioxide, $990 billion for methane, an $8.24 trillion for nitrous oxide, totaling approximately $9.5 trillion, according to the lawsuit, which cited instrument values uh, determined by the interagency working group that created the Biden order. Now, it seems like obviously why these Democrats are always putting these big orders in and the reason why they've been hyping up this climate change crisis for so long. And now what we're probably going to see is climate change lockdown because they realized they were able to keep us indoors and keep us locked down when it came to COVID. Because people ended up complying. A lot of people did end up complying. And guess what? Democrats are taking notes. What will the Republicans comply with? What would our base? Their base will comply with anything. They're literally taking anal swabs up the butt. What would our base comply with? And guess what? Hmm, it looks like we're complying with the lockdowns at the end of the day for the most part. Honestly, it gets to the point where I'm blaming us for the lockdown. If it was up to me, see, luckily I work from home. Uh, I probably probably 99% of the time I'm working from home, from home. My family has a business. I was telling them all the time, just say f the government, just keep opening up. And I would, and she'd be like, well, if we if it was just us, we would be targeted. We need everybody else to. So I was trying to go around to get other businesses to all open up on the same day. And there was a few movements to get all the businesses open up on the same day. And everybody was too scared because they don't want to. 
be a target for the government. They don't want to get the fines, get the bills, whatever. Well, then you're just going to go out of business if you're not going to take that risk anyway. They didn't want to become a target. People were scared of the government, and that was a problem. So I'm hoping that we learned our lesson this time. I'm hoping that politicians in our government learn their lesson this time, not to ever do tyrannical lockdowns again. We got to hopefully take this as a learning moment. But the Democrats, they're taking, they took this as a learning moment. Their learning moment was how much can we get away with and how much can we do? And they discovered where the line was. Well, I don't even think they discovered the line yet. So we'll see what the future has to come. But I think conservatives and Republicans in general, I think we all did learn our lesson from this instance, the next time the government says, oh, we're just going to wait 15 days to slow the spread, I think we know what's going to go down. Uh, so let's see, 15 days to slow the spread of the of climate change. That's what we're going to hear one day. I'm calling it. So let's see. But the suit claimed that the impact of $9.5 trillion social costs of greenhouse gases will further stretch than just Missouri. In practice, the enormous figure will be used to justify an equally enormous expansion of the federal regulatory power that will intrude into every aspect of Americans' lives. From the state's cars to refrigerators and homes to the grocery and electric bills, the suit states. The lawsuit urges that Biden's order does not have the authority to, t- to set values for the social cost of carbon, methane, nitrous oxide, and others used in regulatory, regulatory agencies. It will be used to inflict untold billions or trillions of dollars in damage to the U.S. economy for decades to come, the suit states. In claiming the Biden's order cannot set these values, the suit claims that the actions violates the separation of power, the most fundamental uh, bulwark of liberty. Now, there is a lot of—the people on the left, they'll be saying— well, you can't put a price on life. You can't put a price on the earth. You can't put a price on this, that, and the other thing. It's like, well, yes, I guess we kind of, kind of can in a way. <laughs> but at the same time, it's, okay, so what, what is the cost of doing what you want? Because these Democrats, these socialists, don't understand what economic damage is. They go, oh, we'll just print more money. Oh, we'll just tax the rich. They think that there's this infinite supply of, of there is an infinite supply of money. They just think there's an infinite supply of value. Okay, because when you keep printing money, when you keep piling up the money, it's going to start losing its value, its buying power, what it's, what it's, what it's actually worth. And Democrats don't realize that. They think a dollar will always be able to buy a, a mug, you know, but they don't understand what inflation is. They don't understand what supply and demand is. They don't understand the devastating impact that there is to their policies because they're going with these feel-good policies. You know, it's been a year into lockdowns, and they're still saying, well, if you go outside and you don't wear a mask, you're killing people. Oh, lives are more important than the economy. Not realizing having a devastated economy will result in more deaths when it comes to suicide, depression, crime. They don't realize that having a devastated economy leads to even more damage in a different area. It's like, oh, well, people may not be dying from COVID, but now they're dying from X, Y, Z. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but the effects and the death effects from lockdowns will be seen for years and years to come. As people get older, people are going to be more diagnosed with cancer, more diagnosed with heart disease because of the effects of what happened during the lockdown. Me personally, I gained between 25 and 30 pounds. I weighed 200 pounds now. Before lockdowns, I was 175, and I was fit and ripped, and now I'm chubby and out of shape because I was living in California, and I was living in New York. I just moved to Vegas where the gyms are open. I'm getting my life back on track, but as you can see, spending a a year indoors with nothing to do, and it wasn't like I didn't want to go out. I did want to go out. I wanted to do everything 
but you just couldn't. There was just nothing to do. I'll go outside and just everything's closed because no one wants to open up anything. And I work from home, so it's not like I could have opened up my business and just said F the government and conducted my business. There's, just, there's nothing to do because everybody was complying. But anyways, going back to this topic, Trump was, I think, right when he was, we're going to leave this up to the states. We're in a crisis, and let's leave it up to the states. And if the Democrats believe we're in a crisis, what they need to do is leave it up to the states. Because, guess what? A state might do something that turns out to be a big fail. And as we've seen with the lockdowns, states have done stuff that turned out to be big, massive fails. And if you did that blanketly throughout the country, the damage would be unfathomable. So when it comes to climate change, executive orders, and keeping clean energy whatnot, leave that up to the states. Because as we can see, there are some states that are going that clean energy route, and there's some negative repercussions from such. And such data can help other states make the right decisions. So Governor Whitmer could face criminal charges over COVID-19 deaths, prosecutors say. Whitmer's office quickly denied the, the claims and called them politically motivated. I mean, we've seen that same exact playbook with Cuomo. It's exactly what they say every single time. So uh, he said, breaking prosecutors, Governor Whitmer could face criminal charges over COVID deaths. Maybe her and Cuomo could share a cell. Cuomo would like that. <laughs> So that might be more torture for, for, for Whipner and uh, more of like a paradise for Cuomo. So a county's prosecutor in Michigan told a local news station Monday that Governor Gretchen Whitmer could possibly be facing charges for her early handling of nursing homes and other long-term care facilities during the COVID pandemic. And, and you know, it's funny. I mean, I, at least not to my knowledge. I'm only seeing that these lawsuits and I'm only seeing these these uh, scandals and uh, these massive deaths coming all from Democrat governors. It's, it's kind of crazy how it's the Democrat governors, which were hailed as the model template for how what you need to do to handle COVID, keep everything locked down, ship everybody into nursing homes, and don't use the expanded resources of the hospitals that the federal government was sending you. It seems like the media, Hollywood, social media, it's all hailed the Cuomo, uh, Whitmer, Newsom, and probably another one or two as the model templates for how to handle COVID. Meanwhile, they quite literally handled COVID worse than any other state. And now a bunch of scandals are coming out. So they handled it even worse than expected because there's a bunch of cover-ups. So so, so much for that model template. Then meanwhile, you got DeSantis who kept this place open for, for the majority of the time. And they're doing way better than the people that are on strict lockdowns. We're in strict lockdowns still. There's, there's a certain... Because DeSantis isn't going with the establishment agenda. And you know, he's, you know, he's not afraid to take on the media, similar to Trump. And that's, that, those are the type of governors we need. Because there's too many governors that crack to the pressure of the media. And honestly, I think Greg Abbott was one of the people that actually cracked to the pressure that initiated the lockdowns for Texas. So a county prosecutor. Okay, so uh, Lucio, a former Republican state senator, appealed in those uh, in the state who may have lost loved ones to a virus who are running 
who were in nursing homes to seek out information about the deaths. He said HIPAA laws prevented his office from obtaining some patient information. Wimmer's office did not immediately respond to an after-hours email from Fox News. Her office issued a statement and called the the comments shameful political. Uh, political attacks based on neither fact or reality. Her office said that one of the former Republican colleagues admitted that they uh, have not seen any evidence or testimony that says the nursing homes were was forced to take someone against their will. The administration's policies carefully tracked CDC guidance on nursing homes, and we prioritize uh, testing of nursing home residents and staff to save lives. The statement reads, early in the pandemic, the state acted swiftly to create network of regional hubs with isolation units and adequate PPE to prevent the spread of COVID-19 within facilities. In addition, we have offered 100% of nursing home residents priority access to the vaccine. Both the former head of the AARP as well as the independent UM study praised our work to save lives in nursing homes. Now, to be completely honest, what you say and what happened are could be two completely different things. Whether this is true or not, I don't know. Whether this is part of the whole farce, I don't know. Cuomo could literally come out and say, well, I was following guidelines too. I was doing this. I was doing that. And look, I even got an Emmy and I was praised for my great work. Well, that's because people didn't really know the truth of what was going on. But we'll see how this plays out. She told CNN on Sunday that her state released an incredible amount of data. We have showed... uh, We have followed the federal requirements every step of the way. Last week, Charlie LaDuff, an investigative journalist from the state of Fox News, uh, that he is suing the state's Democrat governor after trying for months to get answers on COVID-19-related deaths tied to nursing homes. You can't get them. I've been asking for months, he said. Well, that kind of, literally, they go from, we were releasing all the data possible, then an investigative journalist is like, well, I couldn't get jack shit. (laughs) So now I'm suing. Daniel Nelson, a state attorney general, is reportedly looking into the state's nursing home policies, according to Click on Detroit. Uh, Republican state legislators have called for investigation into the governor's handling of nursing homes and long-term care facilities, according to early days of the pandemic. Michigan State Rep. uh, Okay, whatever. uh, Whitmer Regional Hub Policy, patient-based with and without COVID-19 in the same facilities and may have exacerbated the death tolls in those facilities. So, and make a long story short... There's a potential scandal going on, and an investigation needs to be done and conducted. Let me know what you guys think. Trump vows no more money for rhinos, instead encourages donations to his PAC. Now, this is from a statement from Trump, and this is what it reads. Statement by President Donald, by, I'm sorry, President. Statement by Donald J. Trump, 25th President of the United States of America. No more money for rhinos. They do nothing but hurt the Republican Party and our great voting base. They will never lead us to the greatness. Send your donation to Save America PAC at uh, Donald jtrump.com we will bring it back stronger than ever before so it seems like trump is is seriously trying to do an overhaul of the republican party to make it truly maga and he has that political capital he has that power to do so and he has the support to do so and guess what it's what the american people want and unlike the democrat party what we're watching is with the democrat party i guess the democrat equivalent to Trump would be Bernie Sanders. And what happens? Bernie Sanders ends up selling out to the establishment. What also happens? The the Democrat Party steals the election from Bernie Sanders multiple times. What else happens? The Democrat Party is, is, for the most part, if you think about it, when they elected Biden, it's unfavorable amongst the Democrat voting base. 
very unfavorable. And it's not just that the party itself is unfavorable. The people that they elect is also unfavorable. And that's because they're not really electing. Like, the Democrat Party selected who they're going to elect. They basically said, okay, we're going to give you Biden. You guys have no choice but to elect him. And then they're like, okay, great, now we're going to have to elect Biden. When they really wanted to elect Bernie Sanders, but they didn't give them that option. At least with the Republican Party, they did not want Trump. But guess what? Trump still ended up becoming the option who we elected. Democrats select their leaders. We elect our leaders. That's the difference between us and them. And this is the perfect moment right now to get out all of these rhinos, all of these establishment folks out of our party. Because I guess there's the fundamental principles of how the Republican and the conservative ideology and mindset works is that we're selecting our leaders. We're we're electing our leaders. They're not selecting our leaders. So we're in this where we are what seems to be a decade ahead of the Democrat Party when it comes to reforming our party the way we want it to. And this is a very good step. This is a very good step. And Trump, what it seems like he's doing is going to be taking super PAC donations and help funding and supporting those Republican politicians that are you know running for office who aren't going to get establishment backing. Now, when I ran for Congress in Staten Island, New York, I was up against the establishment machine. There were some people that were part of that machine that were telling me I would rather have you than this other girl that's running. Because the other girl was an anti-Trump rhino Republican, literally voting, running for Congress in the only pro-Trump district out of all of New York City. Absolutely insane. But people, you know, just going to vote red uh, R down the ticket, so she ended up winning. Um, but I, I, it was impossible for me to get through the primary. It seemed like they had. It seemed like they had the media paid off to specifically not cover me because the media in my hometown would cover me all the time until I started running for Congress. And you think that would have been a big story? You think my antics would be uh, want to be? I was covered about in international newspapers. I was covered about in national newspapers, but not my local paper, which is the strangest, oddest thing that I can imagine. Uh, basically, the girl, she had a billionaire backer. So I'm, I'm assuming that billionaire backer probably had some connections. Uh, but that just, that I mean, I'm saying this because it explains the stranglehold that the establishment has when it comes to electing people into the primary uh, and then eventually into the general election. And it's hard to break through because the only way to break through, I guess, would be to have a lot of money to make to be taken seriously. Now, there are a lot of shit candidates out there who are MAGA, and they're just regular people. And honestly, there's a lot of shit candidates out there. I'm not going to lie. And I think, I, you know, I've seen a lot of them. It's like, good for you. Go for it. But you're not a candidate that I, anyone could take seriously, even myself, even though I'm MAGA. I feel like we need to find the right people who can have, I guess, an establishment appeal while also being MAGA. Because we, there's a certain image, there's a certain way that people should act there that I would want to see in office. I don't want to see somebody that's, I hate to say it, I mean, it, it might, some you guys might disagree with me, and that's totally fine to each their own and who they want to vote for. I would rather vote for I guess maybe someone who has a lot of experience in the business world, someone who has a lot of experience making deals and talking to people, someone like Trump, but obviously on a smaller scale and a smaller level, would be perfectly fine. You know, someone who's run and operated a small business and whatnot. I would rather vote for that 
over a soccer mom who's just super pro MAGA. I would rather vote for someone who has experience, someone who's well-spoken, someone who knows what they're doing, who's also MAGA, versus a soccer mom who just has a passion. There's a difference, you know what I mean? I would rather vote for somebody who has the experience in MAGA over someone who's just passionate in MAGA because the person who has the experience, will I, I would trust to make the better decisions versus someone who's just loaded with passion and rage. Um, and I think the Republican Party, I think Republican voters elected, I think we might have elected a few of them this election. Um, so I'm not too much of a fan. Like I'm not looking for um, a, a, a bombastic, I mean, I guess we kind of need someone that's a little bit more like AOC in our ranks, but do we really want that? Do we really want someone like AOC in the Republican Party? I don't know. Obviously, she comes off as stupid. And I, honestly, if you think about it, we kind of do have our own AOCs. But at the end of the day, it's who's our superstar of the of the House in the Republican Party right now? I could think, I guess, Crenshaw, which I'm not the biggest fan of. Um, Matt Gates, who I, I'm a big fan of him. You know, I guess I, those are two off the top, and I'm sure there's a few more that I just can't think of off the top of my head. But we do have our own superstars. We don't have to be that, you know, super emotional. Um, you know, I'm, I got five-year-old kids that follow me. We don't really need that because the people that they're appealing to, at least on the social media, are K-pop accounts who are just like five-year-old kids that just stand things. We do need to reach a younger base, but I think her base is just way too young. <laughs> to the, Like when people just naturally get older they will eventually find the republican party and they will eventually find uh, our conservative influencers which i think the conservative influencers people like me for example but people who are bigger than me obviously i think we do a good job reaching that young base while whereas the politicians can still be stern and professional while we could pro we could take on that younger base and get them over here whereas you have aoc who acts like a big kid gets kid followers and then wants those kid followers to eventually vote for her whereas if anything content like this comedy content on the internet tiktok videos uh, even you know steven crowder doing his stuff obviously it doesn't target kids it'll target people who are entering their teens or in their teens or about to vote. That's what content like this targets. And then you, they will eventually translate over to voting for more professional politicians. Hopefully they end up voting for someone MAGA. But this is just my tangent based on my own personal experience running for Congress, based on my own experience uh, helping other people run for office. So take for that what you will. Um, so let's read. Who said, <laughs> wow, it took me a... Uh, a few minutes to even just get into the article. No more, no more money for rhinos. Trump said in a statement late Monday, referring to Republicans in name only. They do not, they do nothing but hurt the Republican Party. Okay, where he said, "Send your donations to this." The statement uh, came days after Trump's lawyer sent a cease and desist letter to the RNC, uh, the National Republican Senatorial Committee, and the National Republican Congressional Committee to stop using his name and likeness for fundraising and merchandise. Yeah, because it seems like the establishment groups are trying to use the MAGA Trump movement in order to fundraise and elect their politicians. And I've seen it happen firsthand. When, a, when in my district, when a rhino who came out vehemently 
in favor of Rubio over Trump, saying that Trump is a corrupt, bad guy, whatever she was saying, just tarnishing Trump every up until I think 2018 or 2019. She was ripping on Trump. Like one of what she was asked, what was something good that that Trump did that you support? Oh, well, I can't even name it. The thing that he's done right. I just can't name it. Like that, that's what she said. She, she said she couldn't name anything good that Trump did up like a couple years ago and then ended up running for Congress the year later as a pro-Trump MAGA candidate. And yet the primary voting base is for, uh, they're idiots. I'm sorry to break it to you, but the primary voting base in a lot of these places, they're all idiots and they're sheep. Okay, you'd think that primary voters would be the most informed voters. But when I was out there campaigning on the ground and I was showing when I was showing primary voters literal videos of what my opponent was saying, they were they were in denial. They were like, oh, well, she changed. Oh, she didn't really mean it. Oh, that's manipulated. Oh, you're taking her words out of context. And I had literally an entire library of her social media posts. I had an entire library of her interviews. And not one time up until she started to run for Congress did she ever say anything positive about Trump. And if anything, everything she said was negative about Trump, even as he was president. So, and, but these people, they, they, were, they were sheep, and they just wanted to do what the establishment did. So I think one of the core problems when it comes to electing the, the true MAGA candidates in this country, one of the core problems is the primary voting base because a lot of those primary voters, I hate to break it to you, they're sheep, at least just from my personal experience. Ho- I'm hoping that was only how Staten Island was. I'm hoping that's not how other districts are. So my advice to you guys, I'm, I'm sure everybody watching this show is MAGA to the core, and I'm sure you guys have the, the, the ability to analyze if— a Republican is a rhino or not, or if they're lying or not, or if they're grifting off of the Trump MAGA movement. I'm sure everybody watching this is smart enough to understand that. So my last, my final message to you guys to end this show would be to get involved in every single primary, every single local election, every single election you can possibly get involved in. Get involved. Get you, your friends, and your family involved in every single one of those elections. That's, that is the best thing you can do to help save the Republican Party. Get heavily involved in the primaries. Because if someone's being a bad actor, if someone's being a grifter, if someone's lying, if someone's trying to use the MAGA movement and Trump to get votes when they're not true MAGA or true Trump supporters, you need to call them out. You need to make sure they don't make it through the primary. It's up, it's up to us. It's up to us to tell the primary voters and tell them what you're doing is bad, what you're doing is wrong. But some people are going to be sheep. And the problem was I was trying to be real with these primary voters, and they would be getting mad at me. And I'm not a fake. I'm not going to go out there and just be fake to them and, and, and tell them what they want to hear. You know, I had people donating to me, and then they would literally say some batshit crazy stuff to me that they would want me to do if I got elected. Like, oh, we need to do this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, no, that's actually batshit crazy. You know, <laughs> you can take your money back. That's actually batshit crazy. Like, I'm, I'm, don't expect me to do that batshit crazy stuff. And then, you know, also talking to other primary voters, they would say some stuff, and I would have to be real with them. I'm not going to lie to them and put on a fake smile. This is why I, I this is why one of the reasons why I had to drop out because I, I, I couldn't do it. Like, what, what was required for me to bullshit and to be a con? I couldn't do it. Like I did. Like I, I could. Do, I could have done it. I didn't want to do it. 
because then you put yourself in a hole and it creates a whole other mess. So I'm going to write, I'll write a book about my run one day because there's, there's a lot to go through. And I'm just thinking of all the stuff off the top of my head out of order. But anyway, guys, enough of my babbling. Um, thank you guys for watching. But if you want, if you support my show, please become a Patreon, patreon.com slash Joey Salads. Uh, my show's demonetized everywhere, so we're funded completely by my patrons. I'll give you a call to say thank you if you donate. Uh, text me, 917-540-8768 to join my newsletter. Please like, subscribe, put on post notifications on. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Peace out.